Hello and welcome to Geeks Can't, the home of RPG jargon and general tomfoolery. I'm your host, Zach, and I'm joined, as I am always joined, by the Dwarven DM, John Christian. Hello, everyone, and good evening. <laughs> I've also got uh, uh, the... Uh, you know what? I'm going to give you Troy's title since he's not here. I'm going to say uh, the dapper man himself, uh, Tony <laughs> Vicinda, along for the ride. That's a good stand-in. Yeah. Welcome, Tony. Hey, guys. Good to be back. And then I've also got uh, uh, Nuclear Obelisk coming in. Welcome. Hi. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first off, let me say, uh, really excited to have Tony back and appreciate what Tony does for the community, but I'm also really excited to get to talk to, about another game found project. So first and foremost, right out the gate, um, kudos to you guys for climbing on that platform again, and I'm really pleased to see people pushing it forward. Yeah, it was... Uh, it. <laughs> we it was a little sneaky um uh since i already have access to game found it's a little bit easier to get to run second projects on it a lot of people are still waiting to run their first um and so i wasn't planning on doing much for a zemo project other than uh helping uh, just kind of promote and uh market but i'm a a huge fan of Nobsks, so like <laughs> uh nuclear does just tremendous work their project last year power words was my favorite project of zine quest three as far as a, just from a sheer design perspective um and so i was like hey why do, why don't i help market and promote uh and we can run over on game found i i'm i was going to go back to kickstarter for one more round of game of of a project and then just move over to game found completely but since all the announcements everything that's gone on um just kind of the the constant state of a lot of what's happening at Kickstarter for the foreseeable future, everything we do will be game found itch uh, Indiegogo or another platform for funding. Uh, we're really heavy in on itch and game found though. So I was really excited to be able to partner with Sam and nuclear to, to do this project. I just think that nuclear's design is so cool. So even though Sam and I are listed on the, as like creators, like really nuclear obelisk is doing the work on this one it's their design their art their everything and so we just get to go along for the ride on this beautiful project <laughs> yeah i was commenting about that whenever we're talking the design and the artwork i can't wait to let everyone see and stream and for people to go out there onto game found and actually take a look at the artwork it's absolutely i love it I, I that's the first thing that grabbed me as soon as i saw it and i was just talking about how much i love I, I hopefully I'm not the, the the typical, or maybe I am. I mean, I hope I, hope I am the typical consumer that really <laughs> appreciates not only good lines but also really good coloring. And I I love the palette. It's a really really strong palette, and it's very nuanced. It's it's like sophisticated is probably the 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 word to use for it. I really love the the palette and the coloring that uh, that was done with this. I I love the look. Absolutely love it. Appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Nob, uh, before we get into uh, the new Project 1300, since this is the first time we have uh, have had you on the show, mm -hmm. and uh, Tony's already brought up one of your previous projects, do you mind telling us a little bit about uh, the things that you worked on before? And maybe yeah, if, if you worked on several things, what are the types of things that you like to work on? Absolutely. Yeah, so, um, hi, I'm Nuclear Obelisk. I've been on the on the TTRPG scene um, since about halfway through college, which was 
several years ago now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and and Sam and I were in the same undergrad program, um, oh. so that that's that's where we met. Uh, but we worked on some projects together um, in school, which included uh, a D and D slash OSR ish um, a book um, for running a West Marches campaign. Yeah. Um, with, for the uninitiated is a uh, style of campaign where if you have access to a large player pool, um, it can support, you know, however many players you want. Essentially they go out in parties of six or whatever to do missions um, in a large persistent sort of campaign world. Um, So we wrote kind of a wilderness guide and half campaign writing toolkit um, for that. Uh, That's called Azerians and Caridian of the West Marches. Um, and then, uh, I have also wrote a game called Kishu, which was kind of, as my first, like a big, like, I want to write a game project, um, which is a, uh, it's a Blades in the Dark ish hack, uh, which is, um, based on the opening bike chase scene from Akira, mm-hmm. um, the, the anime, uh, the, the film, um. I, I saw a YouTube video of it set to, I think, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. Uh, just like a 4K upscale of just that scene. And I was like, that's an RPG. Let's do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so it, 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 it's it's more than that. It, it, it ended up being way too long um, and like overwritten. But <laughs> I like it. I, I still think it's, it's charming. Um, but yeah, it's about uh, being a biker gang in the climate apocalypse driving down a just vast highway expanse. Um, And then uh, after that um, was Power Words Engine, uh, Mm -hmm. which Tony loves very much. I appreciate all his positive feedback on it. Not not (laughs) just me. Like, there are so many people who love that system, but that was, like, (laughs) my first fall in love with Knobs was, like, hey, uh, I don't want to just – I don't want to just slide this into another system. I want this to be – a game that I can just play. Mm. I paid enough to get the power word beard uh, inserted into that uh, that game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and we love you for it. Uh, <laughs> so that 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 uh, tool kit, I guess, um, is a uh, uh, a tool for making custom magic spells for your fantasy game out of um, just words. Uh, so cool. basically the way it works, each word has kind of, it has a school of magic associated with it, essentially. All the schools are laid out on a wheel, and depending on what words you pick for your spell, um, they have they interact differently and give way to more powerful effects depending on which words you pick. So um, it's kind of a, a, a weirdly like esoteric and arcane in itself sort of system um, in, the, in the more general use of the term arcane. But it's also arcade in the term in, in magic ways, um, yeah. So, so that's that. And then, uh, most recently, um, other than 1300s, uh, I wrote a game called Arc Ball, which is like a future sports uh, powered by the apocalypse hack. Um, just super light, 24 pages. Um, all the it, it's like mostly art, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, just a really tight you know, game about being on a giant arena spaceship playing a strange, uh, very violent uh, sport to um, determine the the fate of eight colony ships just careening through space to an undetermined destination. That's cool. I like Um, that. Yeah. Uh, That's it. And now 13 Hunters, which is 
I, we're going to talk about it more, I imagine. <laughs> well, I've heard Blades in the Dark. I've heard Powered by the Apocalypse, uh, a completely new system over here um, 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 with <clears throat> with uh, Power Words Engine. Uh, then we've got 13 Hunters. Like, you've really painted yourself into a corner, haven't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. See, the, the thing that I do is um, I, I have them all on my shelf here. I'll, I'll spare you the dead air of me pulling them all out right now. But... Um, uh, Zerian's and Caridian, like this. Kishu mm-hmm. is about this long. Uh, and the Power Word's about this long. And the Arc Ball's about this long. So, really, it's just a journey of me <laughs> start learning, unlearning to, like, overwrite everything. Um, <laughs> and it just, <sighs> the systems that I choose happen to coincide with that impetus. Mm-hmm. I, so, let me ask you this. I'm, I'm always curious. Whenever you pick up a new system, what does that look like? I mean, you've already got, you have an idea of what you want to do in, in regards to like the overall themes and, and things like that. But what, how do you couple that with the system? Do you look for the system after the fact, or do you see a system and you're like, ah, oh, you know, what would be really cool is if I did this in it, which it's the chicken or the egg. How does that work? Yeah. Um, so I, I think, uh, the, the system comes later typically. Uh, unless there is something very specific about the idea that uh, is re- requires some um, figuring out of what game design works best with this, um, really, I, I, for me, the, uh, the the actual die rolling has been secondary to you know what the dice rolling represents, right? right. Yeah. So. Once you, is there a, we've got a handful of systems already. Is there a system that you've already got your eyes on for next time around? Or are there, let me ask, actually, they'll do a two-parter. First off, is there one that you would like to tackle next? And is that the same one as the one that you love playing in right now? Or is there another one? Oh, so our, uh, our, our current uh, game, the game that I'm currently playing uh, is um, in Mothership. Um, oh, we're, yeah. we're testing a, a module that Sam, who couldn't join us tonight, unfortunately, is writing uh, called Time After Time. So good. Um, and I'll just plug it really quick because this is the best module I've ever played in any system really? ever. It's oh, so wow. good. It's so good. Uh, just we, we had like a three-hour session last week. The first hour was playing the game, and then we spent two hours debating causality in a way that was completely relevant to what we were doing. It was just That's awesome. It was just amazing. I, that probably speaks more to like what I enjoy as a player rather than the average. No, I, like, I love that good. as a game master and as as a DM. Like those weird tangential games that like they take on. They're like this organic. F- overflow out of like yeah. game to game theory to like whatever else those are just as fascinating as and as fun to me sometimes as i love seeing those evolve more than anything else and then kind of like fear, figuring out how they we veer back on course if we do you know sometimes it's right. the, the rest <laughs> of the session is completely shot by whatever it was that we talked about we're all like you know when you play that that game of kids on bikes or tales from the loop or something like that and you end up start you talk about like 80s pop culture the entire right. time <laughs> and you're just as happy about that as you were about playing the actual game then right. there's nothing wrong with that at all yeah yeah so so mothership um is one that i i i love that system i think it's great um mm. uh i would love to to write something for mothership um i will always love powered by the apocalypse systems apocalypse world um mm-hmm. just for how easy it is to hack uh i really think that that's a, a huge strength of the system just you know 
give me give me two d six and three categories of success, middling success, and a failure, and like we're good to go. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. fit anything to that. Mm-hmm. I think one of the other like one of the other great things about Sam and Nobsk is they both um, like the attention to visual design. Like we talked about the art, mm-hmm. but the aesthetic presentation and the look of both of what they do. Uh, like really reinforces play and i think time after time like some of the stuff that that sam is doing in that one with color gradients oh, based God. on what time place you're currently in and some other pieces like that are yeah, that's cool. super sharp super yeah, sharp cool. uh, but like i think both of them are just tremendous at figuring out okay how do i take the information that's being presented visually through layout and through the words and how do i make those one seamless whole complement each other and not necessarily need to be hyper repetitive uh, but tell you a little bit more through each thing right and i think both of them just kill it with that um I, like i said power words did it very well sam stuff does it just tremendously uh but then for knobs like that's like having having looked at now three uh mostly done spreads of of the hunters um the it's just it's like all the little bits and pieces that you can pull out are just tremendous um from just looking at a quick like two a five pages basically mm-hmm. well let's dive into the hunters then real quick uh, that's a good lead in uh so 13 hunters is a project that is on game found as we as we brought up earlier um in it uh, i'm just kind of pulling up from the very beginning the first introductory paragraph by the way super super useful folks uh who are listening in it's really handy to have somewhere towards the top just a tight paragraph telling us what your game is about um so you got a 13 hunters is a zine compendium of 13 renowned bounty hunters from across the orb space and you'll inside you'll find a system and setting agnostic dossiers filled with all sorts of attributes art vignettes uh and tables you need to drop these terrifying creatures into your sci-fi or fantasy role-playing game that reinforced with the art promises a like a, a huge variety, like wild, poppy, pulpy ride of like creatures that you never saw coming. I'm really excited. What can you tell us about uh, this newest project, Thirteen Hunters? Yeah, I, th- I think pulpy is a fantastic word for the intent behind it. That's, I think that mm. I feel like that was like on the tip of my tongue the entire time. I was like writing that <laughs> page. Um, yeah. So I mean, you said it right. The Thirteen uh, Hunters is just a basically a monster manual um but very very focused on specifically individual creatures who can show up in your game with such main character energy that your players just like cower in fear immediately um <laughs> <laughs> right on uh yeah they're they're um kind of myriad in appearance and what they do and what they're capable of doing what their you know level of i guess technology quote unquote is um as, as far as you know the setting agnostic can get you with that um but yeah yeah just 13 just weird characters <laughs> you can drop in and are frightening <laughs> It was, uh, we got to play uh, last Saturday, so not yesterday, but a week ago, we got a, uh, uh, Sam and Nofsk and a couple of other folks on stream, um, I think Meat Castle's in the chat right now, uh, to be able to play live. And um, it was fun, like even, even 
like I ran it. And so mm-hmm. like, you know, Dom has kind of a, uh, like a little bit of an insight into what's coming up. And even Sam, cause Sam's editing it had like some insight into what they were, but was still like super surprised <laughs> based on all the information I was using to kind of lay out who was who, mm-hmm. um, like they took one of the bounty hunters onto their ship right at the very beginning of the adventure. And lots of them didn't know it was one of the bounty hunters until, <laughs> awesome. until the very end of the session. Um, but one of the other ones was a giant thing that popped out of a, a uh, <laughs> a giant silo of human waste um, and uh, stabbed one of them through the chest, uh, essentially killing them pretty much right away. So that we were using an OSR system. Uh, so high lethality. Uh, that player did make it to the end of the session, but only because somebody was there with an, uh, a heal ability right away. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it. It like it is crazy how like sam was sam i think and and uh novs were both like convinced when it popped out that they were dead yeah uh, you can see like, it on both of our faces <laughs> if you like watch it back <laughs> just like oh no not that one jody <laughs> um but yeah they're, they're tremendous they've got they've got a ton of variety in who they are what they do and like they're even alternate aliases which was one of the best parts because like i could lay out here's a name we're gonna i'm gonna throw out uh, and even the way I, I I lend some of them gave a little bit of different flavor and just enough to be like, all right, I'm not immediately sure if this is one or if this is just a weirdo Tony's putting in front of us in this sci-fi <laughs> setting. Um, sometimes it was evident, but other times it was it was much harder to determine. Uh, but all that was just like straight from the writing with just a very middle a little bit of like off the top of my head lensing to drop them in. So Tony, you, uh, you, you know, you're helping bring this project to life via game found and kind of helping with the presentation of it, but then you're tasked with telling a story from this book and, 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 um, uh, choosing a system to run it in as you were looking at this and deciding, how are you going to present this on a stream and whatnot? Um, uh, you said you used like an, an OSR, uh, variant, but what sort of systems came to mind as you were cycling through what you could. I'm always, I'm all Tony always be selling. Uh, so I use through the void because that's the current system I'm working on. It's our house. Yep. It's our house OSR system for space adventures. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's getting a lot of development right now. Um, and uh, so, so it was either going to be that or down we go. Cause that's just yeah. kind of easy for me. If I'm going to run something on stream, I need it to be something that's rules light. Uh, and ideally one of our systems, cause then I can just mentally drop it in. So with me running it, it was going to be like beards and beyond. Uh, it was going to be down we go. It was going to be that, or it was going to be another system that I was super familiar with. And since I didn't think anybody wanted to roll up GURPS characters really quickly, um, <laughs> I, uh, I went ahead and just used, uh, used that, which was fun. Like it was the first time we got to play around in the station. Um, lots of this, the playtest we've done has been like out in space and so um it was really cool to have them coming back from an adventure kind of entering into the downtime phase of game and have it not be the downtime phase um but like there's a there's a lot of information that's presented in the in the in the a5 piece of paper that's the dossier that's where most of the information is housed about each one so for me it was sitting down and like minimizing that data even further um, you know, it's a D20 system, uh, uh, ACs and a couple other things are included. Um, we use kind of a unified piece, but it, it took me maybe three minutes to 
to convert everything. And most of that was just writing stuff down, like the mental process of what do I nice. want to do here didn't take any time whatsoever. It was really more like, okay, I've got to type this up so that when I go to look at it really quickly, I know what my numbers are off the top of my head. But um, essentially like damage changed a little bit. Uh, their HP changed a little bit. Um, the And then I unified every, like their skill and their AC into one difficulty number because that's how the system works. But all that information was right there, easy to do. Mm -hmm. The narrative pieces were the most fun to pull yeah. out of though um like like i said the aliases uh the little bits of information uh universally like i let people vote on which ones we were going to use on stream except for one of them the locksmith on it's like like i gave four options for each poll and like the locksmith was everybody's top pick for the one they wanted nice. to see and was the most fun one to throw into the mix like they are the they were the most like kind of madcap uh supernatural they're a hemigod um whose whose powers have been bound and tremendously reduced um mm. but they're just they were kind of just a crazy individual uh along for the ride um and uh but it well, was just looking at the description really for, for it on game found i love like this is my favorite one already ethereal sovereign of bindings doors keys and double joints yeah yeah i freaking love that <laughs> double joints i was like <laughs> that didn't see that yeah. one coming but i love so that the the premise with the locksmith is one of my favorites too so i'm gonna talk about it because it's great yeah. um uh so he's been essentially bound by some sort of astral overcourt right to three tenets which are given in its description um and all of his powers are loopholes to those restrictions um so he always has to be imprisoned unless he's freed by local entities to whatever reality he happens to be in um, so he can teleport anywhere that's locked. He can just teleport at will to. Oh wow! <laughs> so, so if there's a prison cell. So where did that center. come from? Like, uh, what did, were you Doc Brown slipped on? You know, the the toilet in the bathroom, knocked your head, and you got the flux capacitor moment, or like, <laughs> where did, where does that even? Like, I'm I'm always fascinated to know where the inspiration for some of these really madcap creations come from for, yeah. for creators where did that where where's the um, did it grow out of the side of your head like a shroom or what yeah so uh, basically that actually so i um i i got a drawing tablet like relatively recently uh, i mean i guess it's been a couple of years now it's so not that recently but um i uh for a while was uh just drawing weird creatures with no particular goal or uh, idea about what they were or if they would even be part of something larger because um, uh, I'm really inspired by uh, Mobius is one of my favorite artists and also mm. uh, Abaddon who writes Kill Six Billion Demons webcomic um, which I absolutely love um, so just kind of like doing like master studies of those pieces and like trying to piece together my own style from that stuff um, ended up with like a big uh, folder full of just like creeps and weirdos like <laughs> strange creatures um, yeah I'd and then when it came time for Zemo, it's just I'm so jealous of that. I'm so jealous of like my neophyte. That's a little bit better than Stickman art skills. <laughs> and these 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 folks that can do like concept art, whip it up, and like they have this portfolio of just the things that their brain vomited over the course of years, and they can like it, it's crazy to me to see some of the the stuff that people are able to produce that I don't know that I could even describe it in, in word form, <laughs> which is my strength is the written word, right? It's like, there's so much, there's stuff in there that is so to borrow the pun it out of this world by comparison to what mm. you're 
I, it's I love that. It's absolutely fascinating to me seeing a an artist write or like mm-hmm. outside of just like concept art and kind of like visual study and things like that, create a story or a narrative or a character from uh, from the nebulous of that visual style. I that's I could sit here and talk all day long about that and just pick your brain about where that comes from. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. I mean, that's all 1300s is basically. I just took these creatures, put them on one part of a page, and then mm-hmm. filled the other part with strange esoteric information about them. Did we send you guys the preview layout of the Whirly Gig? I don't think so. I don't think so. Be, well, I'll, I'll, I'll drop it in the, the live stream chat yeah, over on the Discord right now so you guys yeah. can look at it. Like, I, I, I just realized, like, I was like, I don't think we sent Zach the press kit at all. I was just like, I, <laughs> I was like, let's let's do something. And that was it. But I just dropped it in so you guys get a little bit better of a sense of some of the stuff we were talking about when we're talking about the visuals and just mm. one of the spreads. Uh, it's just, it's it's so tremendous but yeah that that art style and it was it was really funny like it was a week beforehand when i was like nops did you do all this art yourself <laughs> like uh because i was looking at arc ball and noticed it was super familiar and then i was like wait is this just all you um and so yeah i'm i'm, I'm also somebody who gets super jealous for uh for that kind of stuff and so um oh, man it is uh it is it's wonderful i mean i i really i'm it is a, a the most positive jealousy possible like i, I it's, like i'm glad that someone in the universe has it i i lament <laughs> that i don't but i'm glad that someone else can do both right um because oh man i could like i, I would if i could draw worth a damn i could see myself doing something similar where it's just like that's all i do i'm just like I've, i always have something to draw with and something to draw on and that's just what i'm doing in between stuff is yeah. doodling things that become something that's it kind of goes from like cosmic dust into something really great that I love and that I want other people to, to know more about. For sure. One yeah. of the things you can kind of see it if you're on the game found page. And I, 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 I don't know the word for this, but this uh, chart that you have knobs on the, on this preview that kind of gives an indication of what type of creature the hunter aligns itself most closely towards what you probably have a, a, a proper name for that, that chart. I don't actually. I'm calling it a dial. Yeah, you're um, dials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really cool. It's like uh, you know, it's it's got these six points on it, and then there's a a shape that kind of indicates what point this creature most aligns to. And mm-hmm. to me, that's always like like as soon as I saw that, even on the game found before you sent this over, I'm like, that's the sort of thing that's really useful for me when when I'm sitting here and and I'm maybe I've read through all this and I know that I'm going to bring this creature in or whatnot, but in a system neutral game, especially it's kind of that quick reference. Like how should yes. I present this? That, that right there kind of gives me, the, starts to give me the clues. It's yeah. like the personality visuals, you know, like the, like kind of like the, uh, I, I T and J or whatever, or Enneagrams <laughs> or whatever. Right? It's, right. Like, it's almost like that about the monster right? order for the monster. Yeah. <laughs> for the yes. yeah. But I mean, but what it, what it reminds me of, because uh, my uh, kind of harkens back to the old the comic book days. Whatever I collected on the it was really serious back in the '90s, and they had the comic book cards with all the heroes and villains would have like the power meters for mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. Right? That oh man, that speaks to me in a very deep yeah. and abiding place of nostalgia. Where I'm like <laughs> that's so I'm so yeah. much more comfortable with that visual reference of what all of that kind of means and how I can compare it to everything else instead of just <laughs> like this. I got to read a paragraph of text to get that much out of just like a, a flash of where all those, where those numbers sit. Right. I love that. Yeah. That dial is uh, plus the list of 
alternate aliases is uh, really the only thing that every hunter has in common on their pages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much everything is uh, uniquely suited to what best describes it. Um, like even the stats are kind of wiggly. Um, there's only a very small bar that actually has stat line stuff on it. Um, and it varies wildly depending on what hunter you're looking at. But, but yeah, that comes from a place of nostalgia for me too. I think, um, I think where that came from, uh, for me at least, was a Prima strategy guide for Pokemon Emerald. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Right on. No, no, no. Yeah, I know like exactly the what you're talking about. In there with all the base stats of every Pokemon in that like polygon dial thing. Oh man. Um, yeah. It's, it's like it's right there. It says everything that you that is so like that's the to me is like <laughs> such a really awesome visual refinement of design in that it's like how much more space would that have taken up with text right than something that's really really succinct and it's like again that's the thing I'm, I'm that kind of thing i could probably do i'm just too dense between the <laughs> yes. text versus yes. the visual that i can't make the connection between the two right like yeah. i can make that design like in uh, in like Illust- Adobe you would not have the uh, you would not have the thought to make that no yeah. not yeah. at all not <laughs> at all i wouldn't even remembered i would recalled what, what i just recalled about like the comic book cards right I wouldn't have I wouldn't have made that connection there, and I think that's absolutely brilliant. I love this. Yeah, thank I, you. I, like, and, and that's what I mean. Like the the level of visual design uh, and the way that Knobs thinks is tremendous. Like because this is actually like a very minimalist way to present a tremendous amount of information about yes. this genre, right? Um, and then like the the orange words up above are just like these are key terms that any GM can pull out to yep. know exactly how to tactically or strategically deploy this this creature right that's like, a really good point too i didn't even think so, about that i hadn't even gotten there yet right like that's the thing like the more you look at this the deeper yes. you're like oh this 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 like there's more silent no pain vibration out, right? sense god man i love that um, i love that and, and we're like we're looking specifically um my favorite thing is like they're utterly silent but if you scroll down to their uh their skills or their abilities um they're good at mimicry or animal speech which means the only noises you ever hear from them are like the players' voices or other people's voices right. repeated back to them? Animal sounds, other things like that. Like I love the idea of it being utterly silent until something, like until somebody like screams in pain, and then it's screaming in the exact same voice. Like yep. the ability to inflict like really in- intense vibes to your players really immediately from something like this is just so 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 great. This is also the second time in the last week with with uh, with other zine creators or other creators where I've seen the visual representation of size differentiation between yep. humans or between the, the average yeah. human and whatever it is that they're trying to compare it to, which to me is grossly underutilized. Like how big really is a goblin versus a human? You never can really tell. They, you'll have like it'll say how many feet and inches it is, and maybe the description somewhere in the monster manual for D anD D. But there's really no like there's no scale. You don't really understand what the, like how big is an abolith? How big is a tarask? Like the tarask is actually probably an outlier where you do have like one little dude that's running away and about to get cooked or eaten right. by him. But this uh, the approach of of this being like a regular part of the the visual study or like the study of the the creature or NPC, I think is, uh, I think it's important whenever you're trying to, because now I know that this, this creature can be, this bounty hunter can be imposing or oddly tall. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's a, like, and you can create a sense of visual, more of a visual representation beyond just what is 
what's on a page, right? Like in your mind as the, as the game master, I can paint a better picture when I know what the scale actually is of this, of this creature. Right. Like I could say large and that would probably convey the same raw information. Right. right? How tall is this thing? Uh, it says like 12 to 15 feet, something like that. Right. It's like, that really doesn't give me like, how big is a thunder? Like a, is like a storm giant. Really, really big, large, huge, whatever. But I mean, like to really understand what that is, like how far up am I craning my neck to uh, to see this thing? Right. Yeah. That's what you're actually asking when you say how large is this creature? Like maybe you're talking about how many squares does this creature take up on a battle mat? And that's one question. But the more important question to ask is like, how just like totally boned am I right now? Right. right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Which side of the mountain do I have to be on to be at eye eye level with this thing? That's that's what I'm asking. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's, that one is from, that's one, that one's nostalgic too. I just realized it's from uh, like old dinosaur books. Like yes. you see like the like oh brontosaurus next to a little person. we can be friends that's true like you're like you're speaking my love language here i love this i love it <laughs> the old dinosaur books holy crap throwback yeah um it was uh, – I, I actually have a question that the Nobs and I have not talked about. Like you talk about – so you created the orb the orb space for this. Is it mm-hmm. orb space or orb spheres? Because I can't remember which one is correct and which one I made up. The orb space. For, orb space, the, right? Yeah. So I made it like a system of planets for Earth Through the Void just to throw it in real quick, uh, which was which was a blast. Uh, but, but where – did that come from a place? Is that going to be addressed in – the game at all or is it just kind of like this is just a thing i dropped in figure out how you use it yep nope it's nothing um it's uh it's (laughs) intentionally nebulous i I did exactly the right thing with it then uh (laughs) yeah no you absolutely did you absolutely did because it's what it really is is i uh did not have a reason for all of these things to have been brought together into one compendium and to explicate uh, in a detailed way as to anything along those lines would take me more pages than I was willing to budget. So I said, they're from across the orb space and how you want to interpret that is entirely up to your game. And I think that like more or less fits in with any kind of fantasy or role-playing. Well, yeah. system setting. and setting neutral immediately when you use such a, it's not ge- and a generic term. Orb space is not a term that we use like on the regular, right? right. But yeah. it's, it is, but you immediately know what it is, right? And you can th- you can fit that in like a cog in the, in whatever machine that you, that it needs to go into for it to make sense in whatever your setting or your system is actually going to end up yeah. being. And, yeah. and like, so yeah, I made it a planetary system that was in decline uh, and that very few people live in anymore for our setting. And, but it was great. Cause I got to throw out to the players then like, Hey, you know, they come from the orb of arid vast. So what does yeah. their ship look like? Right. And just have players right. kind of paint the scene mm-hmm. on that. Um, it ended up totally different. Like it's, you know, like it's a desolate, like it's kind of a desert place, but they were like, I think that, that sounds amazingly cold, like mountainous and frozen. And I was like, great. Cause that's, that's a type of desert also too. It's just not what we were thinking yeah, of. So like perfect. the swords are now ice swords. There's cryo tanks, even the blue mm-hmm. of the eyes, like popping out gives a kind of solid, like cryo feel to that. And so it was just really fun to see how players rift on that, but also like just the ability to say, all right, cool. Like maybe it's a different set of planes of existence, or maybe it's a weird set of planets, or maybe it's, you know, the moons that surround wherever you're at, um, yeah. you know, or maybe it's something completely different based on what your setting is. But it was, it was a lot of fun to just kind of see that right before we go live and be like, oh yeah, I got to figure that part out. Ah, we'll, we'll figure it out when we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know, another question that was asked a little while ago is, uh, could these be pulled into modern day games or more superhero future sci-fi? I think the answer to that, much like with a lot of, it really depends on the consumer and what you, whenever you, the thing that I love about uh, creations like this is not necessarily, you have to not use it like soup to nuts exactly the way that it's presented. It is however you imagine it to be utilized. These could like... I could do this in a in a uh, modern setting on Earth, where these are bounty hunters that are trying to find some MacGuffin or creature or something like that, and they're quote unquote invading. Or like you could use this for anything, right? You could pl- that's the and that's the beauty of things like this, where you, it's plug and play wherever it makes the most sense to you. I really appreciate that about this kind of this kind of design, is it's like I said, it's the the teeth of the cogs that you're the widgets that you're creating are almost like universal to where you can plug them in wherever you need to for it to work. Yeah. Um, and, and even to that, like, uh, and one of the other ones that appeared on stream, um, which is however you pronounce the gargoyles in French is what the <laughs> name of them are, um, which I won't try to do. Uh, but they're, um, the, I took some of the, the aliases and I just blended them together to make them Argus, Fargus and Bargus, um, fate right because they're kind of nice. they had like kind of this feel of the fates uh but they also have these three names that were listed i just fused those together and made them the fate brothers and they're linked together by a chain the way that they're written they have a single mm. chain that kind of yeah, connects all of them and they have share one brain between the three of them um if and the way i did it that chain also had a had a cybernetic cable coiled around it and went into each of their spaces they were literally jacked in together which led to some <laughs> tremendous things by one of the players of of hijacking their brains and confusing them for a few minutes while everybody just ran past them, which was great. But if I was going to drop that into a modern setting, um, I would probably have a set of like three Scottish brothers um, who show up and they are rough and tumble and they each have a coil of chain. that's kind of like their family signature, but they would be very dumb and constantly arguing with each other. Mm-hmm. And that would be the transition I would make in in the in those players um in moving them just into a modern setting i would and, just to rescan re-scan. yeah rescan yeah. and read rather than retool it's just a rescan right right, right. i totally yeah. i'm just changing the flavor yeah, to like whatever that. makes sense within that setting but yeah you could predator drop one of these in also too mm-hmm. the other thing that i think is like in my mind at least 13 hunters is a product that relishes in the bizarre and so because it relishes in that bizarre aspect it can fit in a lot of things because um, yes, this isn't, this isn't portraying any of these creatures as normal. They aren't part of your normal setting. They are, they are outside those bounds. And so you might be running, I'm going to go extreme here and I would, I'm going to get shot by my players, but I might be running a dune game. Like the point is that if I brought one of these hunters in that they would feel a little bit out of place and a little bit crazy. And that should, it's like, good. That's as written. That's how it should feel when one of these strides onto your story. Um, and, and, and that makes them more versatile to me is when I'm looking for that thing that, that is going to shake things up or, or really make my players take note or take pause. Um, any of these will do that. Yeah. That's a big part of the design intent that I'm holding closely when I'm, you know, looking at designing each of these is, um, if we're, if we're operating from the basic assumption that all of these creatures are going to be alien to any game that you put them in. Not necessarily aliens, but maybe they are aliens to your game. Point is that they're they're there's some kind of like strange force that that is not normal. Um, and 
you know that 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 I think is part and parcel with you know being that, that's perfectly what you want here though because <laughs> you've already got something that's the norm of of another campaign. If you want to, if you really want to go in a in a direction that the players weren't expecting, like if you uh, this is like if this is a background shadowy character and then they're revealed, it's totally bizarre and it it belies expectations from your players. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, look, let's do this. Um, so like, I, like we said, it's on game found as of this recording, which is on the 20th of February. Um, you have 11 days left to, uh, to support it over there. Um, there are a few different pledge levels, which I'll just run through really quickly. Cause there's only three of them. Um, you can do six bucks, which is your digital tier. You can do 12 bucks, which is kind of your digital and physical zine. And then you can get the all in tier, which comes with both physical, digital, a poster, a sticker pack. Um, is there anything that I'm missing, uh, Tony or Nobsk? No, that's it. Other okay. than, other than people should go, should at, go get it. And and that, yeah. that top level, like I, it's the level to back at, even if, even if you're like, I just want the middle level, you should get the sticker pack also too. Cause it's going to be, poster's going to be cool too. Um, but I will say, if you can opt for the uh, physical, it'll be worth it because it's like a very strange book. It kind of opens like this, um, rather than a normal book. And, I keep, and I keep on taking that, like, like it's, it's not yeah, hardback, but I keep on secret. taking one of my like this so I can demonstrate. Like it'll open up, and you'll get like yeah. ah, like picture on top, text, yeah. text oh, totally. so it'll like have entirely... a real quality to it. Yeah, it's cool. Vertical spread. Yeah. Vertical spread. So for, for our podcast listeners, Tony is illustrating yeah. a book that the spine is, is supposed to be oriented towards the top right. and you open it like that, which is, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, Tony, you already said it, but I'll, I'll reiterate, go ahead and back this. I already have. And um, I would, I would highly encourage uh, that. I, I think I've backed, um, uh, uh, I, I, I've picked up in preparation for this stream. I picked up Kishu, um, and the design on that one's also cool. awesome. Um, but the stuff that, uh, uh, you and Sam have done in the past with Azerians is great. Uh, I have that one. Um, just oh. a, several things tied to the two of you, um, are you. sitting on my shelves or in my computer. And, um, uh, somebody said on your game found, uh, I'm going to, watch who it was but uh towards the end yeah joan disimum is that joe disimum yeah 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 he talked about how um you two are some of the people that he trusts the most uh with regards to uh additive procedures and tools i'm like yeah that relates very directly to my own experience with these creators so um thumbs up to you for really taking the time to make products that aren't just uh, book number 47 on somebody's shelf, um, <laughs> but actually uh, have a carved out intentional space and utility uh, to get brought out and thrown onto the table. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. John, are we missing anything before we start to round this out? Nope. I think we covered it all. All right. How about from you, Nobsk or Tony, anything that we should be bringing up uh, before we point people towards your socials? 
Uh, no, only I'll say this. Uh, it's part of Zemo, um, mm-hmm. which we're super excited about. Um, Nobsk and Sam have also been uh, really instrumental in helping organize the Zemo uh, community discord as well, too. So there's a lot of work that's gone in uh, there. It's the only project in Zemo on GameFound, which means it doesn't benefit like a lot of other platforms from having an ecosystem. Uh, Itch has an ecosystem that uh, reinforces uh, finding other and supporting other creators. Kickstarter does also. Because there aren't as many TTRPGs on game found it doesn't have as much of that and there's not as many live projects right now to draw eyes to it so even if, if you've already backed would highly encourage you uh go share it with other folks if you're able to um and if you haven't yet please come come join us over there i love game found as a platform we'll be hosting um all of our projects there for the foreseeable future that aren't just straight to itch releases uh and would love to see other ttrpg creators come in. we've got some cool things in the works with them that we can't talk about yet other than saying we've got some cool things in the works uh, with the folks over at Game Founds to help support uh, TTRPGs a little bit more fully as we go forward also, too. That's awesome. I'd love to hear that. Awesome. Well, we're going to drop uh, uh, Nobsk. You have a whole uh, link tree that you like to send people to, I think. So we're going to drop all those links into the chat. Um, uh, Tony, what's the best spot? Is it plus1exp.com? Is at, that the space to send EXP, people? At plus1exp on Twitter or social media is the best place uh, to reach out. Yeah, if you want to buy stuff from us, uh, you can get a plus1.games. Uh, Anything that has a physical copy will link over to our website also so they can pick it up there. But itch is, it's going to point to our itch page, and that's the best place. Perfect. And then we talked about it enough on stream tonight. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give Troy a note here at the end that I think we should drop the uh, the live play that you guys did uh, into mm-hmm. our show notes so people can go check that out as well. Yeah, um, definitely. Because that sounds awesome. And it, I think it's always great. Uh, I find a special fascination to watch somebody who t- is taking a system neutral thing and turning it into applying it to a system or, or converting it from one system to another. It's always fascinating to me to watch the, uh, the, the game master do that and, and see how that adaption process works. So I think that's going to be extra fascinating. All right. Well, Tony, Nobsky, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. Thank you all. It's been great. All right. Uh, John, thank you as well and everybody in chat for hanging out with us again. And thank you. All right. Uh, folks, go back 13 Hunters. And until next week, we'll see you next time. Everybody enjoy your games and be safe out there. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, While you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook, give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed, Uh, give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube, and you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.